Psalms where Father and the Prophet and the King may his blessings be upon us all. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness. He has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness in the house of Israel, our Lord, God and Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ. Son of the living God, to be the glory forever. Amen. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you a word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children in Bethlehem in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was revealed or was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to, jo- to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child, young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the month of Tuba, and it's the first Sunday after the celebration of the Feast of the Nativity. And so it makes sense, or it's appropriate, that the first Sunday after the Feast of the Nativity, we discuss the person who played such a pivotal role in the plan of the Incarnation, but is oftentimes is overlooked. And that person is St. Joseph. He's someone who shows us what it means to accept the responsibility, the calling of fatherhood. And also he provides a perfect example of the importance of listening and the importance of obeying 
when God speaks. In the Gospels, St. Joseph is not really mentioned all that much. His mentions or the times that he's mentioned are, are limited basically to the story of the Nativity, the Nativity narrative. Other than just a very small mention in the Gospel of St. Luke when our Lord Jesus Christ was 12 years old, teaching the elders in the temple. After that period, actually St. Joseph is not mentioned at all, and he sort of disappears from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that by tradition that St. Joseph was an old man when he was chosen by God to take care of St. Mary. Uh, and so it, it makes sense that he was probably departed soon after maybe our Lord Jesus Christ got into his teenage years. When we see the story of the Nativity, part of something that we should be paying attention to when we watch through the, the events of the Nativity is how God is always in control of what's happening. God is always providing guidance to those who are willing to hear and willing to obey. We see this in, in choosing Joseph as well as we see this in the Archangel's Annunciation to St. Mary of the conception of God's Son by the Holy Spirit. And God's love and God's guidance sort of continued throughout the first years of the young life of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is obvious in the Gospel that we read today. God was even actually willing to use non-believers to achieve His ultimate purpose. Right? When we read in the Gospel of St. Matthew like we read today, and the Gospel that we read during the Feast of Nativity itself, we read about the Magi. The Magi are not Christians, the Magi are not Jews. They're pagans from the East, probably from like Persia. They listened, they heard the, revela the revelation, they received a dream, and because of the dream that they received and they heard, they refused to tell Herod the location of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing how God can use even people who do not believe to achieve His purposes. So we see in our Gospel, we read of incidences in which God spoke to Joseph regarding the safety of our Lord Jesus Christ. First, the angel warns St. Joseph that there is sort of an eminent danger to Christ and so they need to or if they if they end up staying in Bethlehem because Herod was afraid Herod heard that this Messiah is going to be the king of the Jews and Herod has said to himself well you know I'm the king of the Jews so this person is a threat to my throne so King Herod told talked to the Magi and the Magi who were going to to honor our Lord Jesus Christ was going, he was going to use the Magi in order to find them and to kill them. And when he couldn't find uh, or couldn't locate Christ, he decided, I'm going to kill all the male children, two years old and under, who were living in Bethlehem and the surrounding areas. This meant that the Holy Family is going to have to travel a, a big distance to be safe from this sort of rule or this edict or this command that came out to kill all the kids who were two years old and younger throughout Bethlehem and the surrounding area. And the angel of the Lord told Joseph, go and flee with Jesus and with Mary and go to Egypt and wait for basically another revelation from the Lord. Wait for God to tell you to come back. And St. Joseph was an obedient person. I think sometimes we read this very quickly and we don't think about it too much. Imagine he has no idea, I'm sure he has no idea about anything about Egypt. Uh, he doesn't know anybody there. 
it's not that easy of a, a travel, especially to make with a newborn child. But he hears the words of the angel, he hears the words of God, and he obeys. So St. Joseph did as what he was told, and he saved, by doing what he's told, saved the life of the infant and his mother and himself. The second time St. Joseph heard a revelation or a word from God occurred after the death of Herod. That's what we read today. St. Joseph was told again in the dream, leave Egypt and return to the land of Israel. And actually what happens is, he tells him to return to Israel. But when St. Joseph finds out that Archelaus, who is Herod's son, is reigning over the area of Judea, he, he seems to himself that Archelaus maybe is just as cruel as, as, as Herod. And so St. Joseph receives sort of a third revelation from God and moves his family to the region of Galilee and, there, and he's in the city of Nazareth. And that's how we come to know that our Lord Jesus Christ is called Jesus of Nazareth because this is where he grew up. But as you can see from the interaction between God and Joseph, God is always in control, leading St. Joseph as he is moving our Lord Jesus Christ and St. Mary from safety to safety. And while it's like very remarkable that God through his messengers spoke to Joseph, I think that's something important to keep in mind is it's more remarkable that St. Joseph listened. He not only listened, but he listened and he obeyed. And as a result, because of listening and because of obeying, he's able to avoid tragedy. And notice how God is communicating with Joseph. It's not like by some great or miraculous sign. It's not the result of he never got like visited by an angel. You know, these kind of forms of intervention might be hard to ignore. You might even say to yourself, if an angel appeared to me, I would do whatever he says. But instead, like this is not how St. Joseph was spoken to. God chose to speak to Joseph in sleep, through his dreams. A small, still voice, kind of like when we hear about in the Old Testament, how God spoke to Elijah, not in the thunder, not in the earthquakes, but in a still, small voice. This is, by the way, where we will often will hear God's word for us. In the quiet of the night, in the stillness of the day, in the time that I spend alone with God in prayer. So we need to listen just as intently to his voice like St. Joseph was so that in order to hear him. And as we see from the Gospel account that we read, to hear God means we have to be open to his direction. Revelation or God revealing his will in our life, is there's more than just a pair of ears required to do this. It requires a tender heart, a willing heart, an open heart. Willing to listen when called. Willing to hear something that might be against what I think is right to do. You know, many of us today maybe don't even have the belief that God would bother to speak with me. That He would bother to communicate with me. That He cares about sort of the decisions that I need to make or the directions that I need to go. We go through maybe the motions of prayer, saying the things that we know we ought to say without any expectation that we're actually going to receive an answer. Many people actually come and confess and they say, I don't like prayer. I have a hard time praying. I find it boring. I can't concentrate. I can't discipline myself to pray. Maybe if I really believed that this is when God will speak to me, that this is when I will hear His voice, that this is when He's going to direct me 
to the path that He wants me to take, I would be more attentive, I would be more ready. Maybe God is trying to speak with us, but instead we are too busy to listen. Too busy trying to listen with our ears instead of with our hearts. Maybe we don't want the God who speaks in dreams or the God who speaks in a still small voice. We want the God who speaks in thunder, who speaks in earthquakes. If that's what we're waiting for, then you know, I think we're going to miss a lot about or a lot of the things that God wants to say to us. We need to be, begin to listen like St. Joseph. Hearing God speak, even through His angels. You know, at our baptism, at our chrismation, we are each given a guardian angel. Many of us, maybe we don't understand that or we don't know it, or maybe we see our guardian angel as uh, somebody's like a co-pilot who's just along for the ride. And while part of that's true, you know, the angel is assigned to follow us and to watch us, also angels, by definition, the job of an angel is to be God's messenger. The job of the angel is to be God's messenger. So God uses His heavenly messengers to deliver His directives, His commands, His messages. Even the pagan magi were warned of impending danger by the angels. If God is willing to send His messengers to pagans, then of course He's going to send or use our guardian angels to keep us safe. You know, I think maybe in, in Coptic tradition we don't think about guardian angels too much, but we find it implied many times in the Holy Bible. Like for example, when in the book of Genesis, Abraham says, He will send his angel before you when he was talking to his steward to have him look for a wife for Isaac. And in the Psalms it says, For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Another part in the psalm says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And actually with the book of Tobit, which is one of the books that we read during Holy Lent, is maybe one of the clearest signs of angels sort of guarding over humanity on an individual level. Archangel Raphael says to, to Tobit, I offered your prayer to the Lord. I, like as in personally, Archangel Raphael offered your prayer to the Lord. And even our Lord Jesus Christ, He says that. He says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So He establishes the idea, the concept that we have, a guardian angel. They have an angel watching over us. An angel that God can use to send us messages. Even one of the homilies that we read uh, during the Holy Week, St. Shenouda, the, the Archimandrite, we read it in the first, uh, first hour of Monday in Holy Basra. says, Brethren, if we want to escape God's punishment and find mercy in His eyes, let us sit every evening alone by ourselves and search our souls for what we presented to our guardian angel to offer to the Lord. And then he goes on later, he says, Let it be beyond a doubt that every one of us, male or female, young or old, who was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, has been assigned to a designated angel until the day of his death. So we see very clearly that we have the comfort and the presence and protection of guardian angels. And so, not only do we have their comfort and their protection and, and their, 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 their guarding us, but also they can offer us messages. 
So to listen, like Saint Joseph means to listen with a heart that is tuned in and ready to receive direction from God. And when we receive this message, maybe actually some of you might be in different areas. Some of you might say to me, I never hear anything from God. If this is the case, I need to quiet my heart and to spend more time with Him and He will surely speak to me. Others of you, if you're honest, would say, I know what God wants me to do. I hear what God wants me to do. I don't want to do it. It's hard for me to do. It's not something I want to do. So when we receive the message from God, we have to obey. Can you, uh, can you imagine how the ending of this gospel would have been different had St. Joseph said to himself, you know what? I saw a dream about going to Egypt, commanded my, being commanded to go to Egypt, but it's a long trip. I have a newborn. I have a woman who is just gave birth. It might be a difficult journey. I don't know anyone there. I don't know the language. Forget it. If, cho- if Joseph had chosen to ignore those warnings that he received in the dreams, he could have just discounted them. Right? That's just a nightmare. And he's ignoring the revelation that God provided. I'm sure if he counted, for example, the cost in, ver- like, in, in, in terms of like time and money, he would have thought maybe it would be easier to just stay home, take his chances. Maybe I can hide. But people who are willing to be used by God will not count this cost, this time, this effort, this money, because they know that God's will have to be obeyed. We don't have room sometimes in our secular, secular culture for angels, for heavenly revelation. People, if you claim that God spoke to me or God sent me a message or an angel spoke to me, might consider you crazy or might consider that you don't know what you're talking about. But as Christians we know, and actually the, the, the Feast of the Nativity, the Incarnation of the, our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us that God is not a remote God far away from us that has little or no influence in our daily lives. He is the God of the living. He has a, he's a loving Father who acts in every minute, on every day, on our behalf. So I should give God some credit. Maybe the next time I hear that still small voice in my heart nudging me to do something, nudging me to reach out to someone, I should thank God for this revelation and obey. Consider these thoughts to be direct messages from God through your guardian angel. Remember that God is in the same place that He's always been. We are the ones sometimes who move away from Him. So we should commit to moving back to God, our true center in life. Take the example to listen and to learn and to obey like St. Joseph. And maybe in some small way too, we can bring Christ into the world. We can go and live according to His will. We can live a life pleasing to Him and fulfill His commands. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.